pretty much, as Pro said, 95% of our roles, we have really transparent salary bands on the job specs. And we've got like a really cool tool called Progression that we use with all of our career frameworks for each discipline. Um, that was really led from our like our employees directly. I think they kind of asked for it. I think they really wanted to see more transparency, particularly in roles in like engineering where you have a really big team. So I think candidates really value that we're we're being so open about salary bandings and I think yeah. it just makes our, our kind of culture really shine and I think um you know when you're when you're discussing salary with candidates as long as you can be clear as to why you've gone for middle or lower banding yeah. um they, they really appreciate it so so much for joining us um i'm really really pleased to be chatting with you today uh for the scaling so far podcast for our listeners can you just tell us a little bit about yourself um just to kick things off yeah absolutely so i'm annie annie jackson um i've got about 10 years or coming up to 10 years experience in recruitment um i've always tended to work for sort of startups and scale ups so um started my career um straight out of university landed a role at inspiring interns which was like a really fun internship recruitment agency i was only there for a year but that's kind of my first taste of recruitment um working on their team helping graduates to put together like video cvs which is quite fun um and then was headhunted to go work for a um, really cool startup called Qubit, um, like a um, marketing SaaS kind of company. Um, I think I was there again just for about a year or so, um, working on uh, their kind of non-tech hiring. I've always kind of landed more on the non-tech hiring side than full-on engineering hiring. I think that's just where my passions lie. Um, so kind of working on client services hiring, a bit of data and a bit of product hiring there as well. And then um, had a big stint at a company called Carwow. Um, so I think some of you may have heard of Carwow before. They're, they're quite big now. I think when I joined, there were only about 50 or so people, um, took them through to about 250. Um, and by the time I left, they were in Spain, Germany and the UK. So yeah, really interesting experience there and then um, landed at Clio and I've been here now for two years um, started off as like a sort of senior product and design recruiter and slowly sort of worked work, work my way up the ranks to, to now leading a team of 10 um, on the recruitment team so yeah it's been an absolute wild, wild ride at Clio a lot of fun started just before the pandemic hit in April 2020 so quite a strange time to join a company um, and spent most of my time working remotely which again I'd never worked in a remote role before so that was really strange but um, really interesting um, and I've learned a lot along the way um, lots of um, ups and downs but yeah it's been great and I've really enjoyed my time with Cleo. Amazing and yeah as you said starting back in in 2020 with them just before the pandemic hit what a journey to see them through <laughs> you are today. Um, so in, in January this year you became head of talent acquisition at Cleo is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. so I've not been in role that long, but uh, so still definitely learning, still quite junior as a head of TA, but really, really enjoying it. It's uh, yeah. a really interesting role. Yeah, and, and having been at the company and progressed into that role as well, there's so much that obviously you've seen and that you can sort of um, really help to shape the function. So really exciting. Can you tell me um, a little bit about Clio's mission and vision, actually? Yeah, of course. So we are a UK headquartered business, um, a fintech kind of scale up. Um, our mission is to fight for the world's financial health. So we are aiming to kind of really educate younger people. Um, weirdly, most of our users are actually based in the US. So lots of interesting challenges around building a product that's predominantly used by US users, but the product's built by people based in the UK. Um, so um, 
we help our users by educating them um, and encouraging them to spend better, build good credit and save what they can. Um, it's a really fun AI platform. So you can talk to Clio almost as if she were a friend. Um, mm. It's a very sort of feminist chatbot as well, which I really love. It's got really yeah. kind of big sis energy, a lot of fun. Um, you can get roasted for your spending. I often get roasted for spending far too much on Deliveroo and, and Amazon. So um, yeah, it's a really kind of nice app um, to work on. And the team are great. Like a really creative bunch of people we have a team of female um kind of stand-up comics writing the tone of voice for Cleo as well which is really cool so um yeah I've, I've always really liked working here I think the 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 team they've built has been um a really fun one to work with for sure that's fantastic and I love that you've got a a, a team of stand-up female comics writing the the tone of voice for Cleo that's yeah brilliant. definitely it's always a bit of a hard role to hire for though because we have to find people that based in the UK that can write in the American tone of voice that have like are either, are either stand-up comedians or um kind of write for um screenplays and like com yeah. comedy um plays and stuff so yeah quite quite tough to hire for I'm not gonna lie but um yeah they're, they're a really fun bunch to hang out with definitely. That must have been a career first as well. <laughs> oh yeah definitely very niche. <laughs> so for you what have the past couple of years really looked like at Clio? Um, obviously, you've been there since 2020, and as you progress through through the um, through the talent function, like I'd love to hear a bit more about what that journey has looked like for you. Yeah, I think it's been really, really interesting. I've definitely learned a lot. I think they have, I know every company says this, but Clio does have like a really high hiring bar. Um, our CEO is involved on like signing off on every hire that we make, um, pretty much all of the hires. So um, you have to really build a case for making a hire at Clio for every candidate. So I think it's really led me to be um, a lot more critical of people's experience to be really thorough in our kind of interview processes as well so definitely have learned a lot on how to screen candidates um, and um, just really understanding like what good looks like for Clio as well that's been a real journey in itself um, as well um, I think the team has grown and shrunk and grown over the two years I think have worked with some amazing recruiters um, amazing VP of people's as well heads of HR as well um, so David um, Smith was my, my manager before he's amazing he now works at 10x banking but um, learned a lot from him I think he was someone that started his career in tech recruitment then worked up to be a VP of people so that kind of journey is one that yeah I'm always really impressed by and now my manager Sheena as well she's great um, I think she used to work at Super Awesome so um, has loads of really kind of interesting experience working for like a similar kind of ethical startup as well so yeah really enjoying working with her as well. Nice awesome and um, yeah as you say seeing the team sort of go bigger slightly smaller like go through different phases of growth um must have been really interesting and and yeah I, I love the sort of um the fact that your is it your CEO or your founder gets very involved with the hiring process because there is that sort of um still that care like despite being mm -hmm. the size that you are there's still that real investment in people and building the team and getting the right people on board um which is amazing I think it's really really cool and <laughs> um, so you've you've seen the the team scale to where it is today so you're about 200 people yeah just just under 200 about 175 I think nice and um like what has that journey looked like you know what's the approach been to hiring um like building your employer brand I love your employer brand <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the Clio brand in general. <laughs> I think 
what you know what's communicated communicated on your career site and um and through the content that you publish as well it's just yeah it's um I, I proper fangirl over it so. <laughs> um so yeah what has that journey looked like and and sort of finding the right people to to match your your unique culture it's been a really interesting one so I think we've been quite lucky in the sense that our CEO really understands the importance of scaling and having a a kind of solid TA team and investing in that team specifically as well we're really lucky in the sense that we have our own dedicated employer brand specialist um, Rosie she's absolutely amazing Um, really have loved working with her she's really smart and um, I think she's really passionate about DEI as well and and kind of incorporating that particularly into our kind of I guess employer brand as well so kind of on our job ads we have the the DEI statement right at the top of the job ads and um, I think you know we try and incorporate that as much as we can into our approach I think it's a really inclusive environment at Clio I've never worked with such a broad range of people from different backgrounds and experiences um, and I I hope that that comes through in the the employer branding that we have as well definitely Um, and yeah I think that's kind of one thing that we've tried to really invest heavily in I think we've got a really difficult tech stack to hire for as well which has always been challenging so we have Ruby on the back end and React Native on the front end which is like super competitive to hire for um, as you're probably aware so I think we um, try and do as much as we can in the community of those two core tech disciplines um, really getting involved with um, kind of Ruby Brighton and the bigger kind of events they do and meetups and Silicon Milk Roundabout I think we did recently as well in in London so just really trying to get our name out there as much as possible because I think with the fact that nearly all of our users are based in the US not many people um, unless they downloaded the app back in when we we first launched as a kind of Facebook just Facebook messenger chatbot um, not many people in the UK have heard of Clio or will know of Clio because we don't do any marketing in the UK so just really trying to build our brand has been a, a real priority for us um, at Clio. And with the, having such a large presence in the US as well, like how do you work that into your recruitment and how you scale the team? Like, do you look for people who have exposure to the US or actually are you finding that that's not necessarily a, a, a skill set or a, a experience that you really do need? I think for some roles, it's definitely helpful to have that kind of knowledge of how the US financial system works um so people we do have quite a few people based in the UK that are from the US on the team like our head of BizOps and partnerships Callan um our head of copy Earl I think they're both from the US but working in the UK I think that tone of voice can be difficult to nail um you don't want it to sound like a bunch of Brits trying to sound like Americans because that's really <laughs> cringy so um yeah I think we've tended to hire people that maybe have um spent time in the US or um yeah have, have kind of um grown up in the US generally but the market yeah. yeah definitely really helps sure Brilliant. and and so throughout your time there so far like have you got any real big learnings um like for you for your team um I'd love to hear any Ooh, I think um quality, yeah I think like quality over quantity is definitely one that I've picked up at Clio I think Mm. back in my previous roles I've always really been quite harsh myself and wanted to hire as many people as possible but I think it's better to hire I don't know 20 people that are really amazing than 80 people that you know are pretty average and I think um just being really really picky when it comes to hiring is really important I think as a recruiter you naturally want to be making as many hires as possible because you get that buzz um whereas I think um yeah you know one really amazing impactful hire makes so much of a difference for a a kind of growing scaling company as well so you've just got to be really cautious um and I think the 
like culture fit piece is a really difficult one to screen for, but really, really important. I think we've made a few quite bad mishires at Clio along the way. And um, mm. I think there are questions that we probably should have asked in the interview process just to really assess whether or not they were the right fit earlier on um, for, for Clio. Um, so that's, yeah, I think definitely a learning for me and that kind of culture fit piece um when we're trying to really incorporate and look into at the moment um and also just it, it sounds very very simple but just reminding hiring managers to look at their top performers on their team look at the traits they have and then use that when you're interviewing for your team um incorporate those traits into the interview process and um, we've done a big project with engineering recently where they've kind of gone through all of their past hires picked out the kind of core competencies that um people have that do really really well at Clio and then feeding that into the the process um as well I think so so simple and straightforward but often forgotten so yeah, yeah. that's definitely been a kind of key learning for us more recently amazing and yeah I think that's a major it is something that you sort of don't really think about is actually for those hiring managers to, to say yeah who are my top performers who are the people that I want to replicate essentially or <laughs> yeah, clone double <laughs> x person or like you know triple them and have a whole team of them I think another interesting part of that as well is looking at the traits that are like they have and that you want to find in your next um in, in in your candidates or in your next employee but also what traits don't they have that mm. they'll maybe missing within that team um to have that kind of balance of you could have somebody who's super super process driven and, and that's fantastic but if you have too many process driven <laughs> people in a team yeah, you'll never get anything done <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> Exactly. It can come for creativity. So, yeah, I think that's a really good exercise to sort of look at, you know, what what are the traits that you want to to triple, double um, find and then what what's missing maybe as well. Yeah. And, and how are you thinking about working the sort of culture fit um, uh, aspect into the recruitment process? Like, is it through questions that are asked? Is there like a stages that you're potentially looking at adding into the process? Yeah, absolutely. So I think throughout the pandemic, one thing that we did that was good at the time, maybe less so now, was that we had a sort of meet the team session at the end of the process that was loosely related to the three core values that we had and behavioural questions relating to each of the three values that we have at Clio. Um, but that typically ended up being more of like a vibe check and people were just sort of um, assessing for whether or not they wanted to hang out with that person as a friend rather than whether or not they'd be like a, an effective data scientist or engineer for Clio so I think we're sort of starting to phase those out slowly and kind of maybe doing more of like a cross-functional um, session especially for like engineering products um, those kind of core squad roles that we have at Clio where they will have to work with lots of people from different disciplines um, and thinking about like the kind of uh, behaviors that we want them to have um, like teamwork collaboration and then feeding those into and like doing more kind of behavioral based questions um, in those sessions so maybe just being a bit more structured in our approach to assessing culture fit and and a bit more thoughtful as well um, because I, I think it can be easy to kind of yeah just end up assessing for whether or not you want to hang out with that person at the pub which is it's not yeah. ideal. <laughs> you're so right that sort of more more vibe check yeah do I want yeah. to chill out with this person or go for a drink <laughs> and um you've recently hit obviously 500 mil valuation I think which is absolutely insane congratulations <laughs> it Thank is you. 
Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. And and you, you've received um, pretty significant investment from Safina as well. So obviously a huge testament to, to what you're building and, and the mission at Clio. Um, what, with that, does the road ahead look like from a talent perspective for you? Like, are there ambitions to grow the team? Are you, I know you said, you know, you're really focused on that quality over quantity piece. Like, how are you looking to sort of invest following that raise? It's a, it's a really interesting time for us. I think, as you're obviously are aware, I think we're going into this very tough economic period, the sort of economic downturn, the recession coming up. I think we were super, super lucky to raise when we did just before everything um, went south. So we yeah. are probably being a bit more cautious and conservative on our hiring plans. I think originally by the end of this year, we were hoping to get to about 310 employees, but it's now more about sort of 220, I think. So um prioritizing kind of key core roles for us like engineering and data science those sort of more technical roles and maybe just being a bit more thoughtful about which hires we do replace and which ones we don't but I think we're definitely still going to be growing um but just being really thoughtful about which hires we prioritize over others I think um over the next sort of 12 24 months yeah and that's the savvy thing to do right you want to be prudent when you're looking at that sort of workforce plan for the future especially with the current climate and being able to say like no this role is critical and and really assessing what's necessary what skill sets are missing like who is going to help you get to where you need to be um and looking at that quality piece so sounds sounds savvy sounds like you're (laughs) sensible (laughs) sensible approach um which is brilliant but it doesn't actually like and you you did manage to triple your headcount over the last few years didn't you um but it does it still sounds like you've done so with not necessarily caution but a sensibility about it like a a bit of um you know you sent like that quality over quantity piece and and as I said earlier still having your your CEO your founder involved with that process it shows that you are like doing it thoughtfully. It's not necessarily just growing at all costs, which um, yeah, a, a bit of a VC <laughs> that's going around at the moment. So uh, no, that's brilliant. And um, with that sort of growth that you have seen over the past few years, like is there sort of a real method or structure or approach that that you found um, particularly effective in, in building the Clio team? Um, you know not over hiring making sure the right people are in the right roles at the right time yeah I think for us really getting the hiring managers to build a strong business case for each hire that they make and being very thoughtful about who they hire and when they hire um like do you really need this hire right now or can you wait maybe three four months to to get this person on board Mm -hmm. I think one thing because we operate in a kind of squad model on our product team, most of the people that, that work at Clio work directly on the app itself. So um, I'd say of the 170 people that we have currently at Clio, probably about 100 or so work directly on the product in um, kind of cross-functional product squads. Yeah. That kind of squad hiring has been really challenging because timing-wise, when we, when we want to launch a new squad, I guess first things first, you need to get a product manager on board, then you need a designer, engineers to kind of come on board and trying to time that right has been always really difficult with people's notice periods in the UK in particular. I think three months now is the standard, I think, particularly for these more technical positions. So um, really planning ahead, thinking about which squads you want to, yeah, which squads do you want to launch next and which ones are the most important for Clio? um, So which kind of, I guess, new feature is the most important to land first um, for the 
business. So we get a lot of support from our CEO and the commercial teams in planning on which product bet to go after next. They, yeah. they do all that planning. We definitely don't on the recruitment team. And then they feed that back to us and say, we need to build out a squad for this um, feature. And then we'll get to work on hiring the PM, engineering and design. Um, so we're close to filling two new squads at the moment, but it is just sort of trying to fill those gaps as quickly as you can and trying to time it perfectly so that everyone lands roughly around the same time but it, yeah it is pretty tough yeah okay so that that is tough because for a squad to st- sort of launch and start moving forward you want the whole all pieces there like all pieces of, of the puzzle yeah. um, I can imagine that is it's tough to time that and and to make sure that you are you're you're conscious of timing but also of that quality side of things as well and making sure that it's the right people um mm. wow okay <laughs> <laughs> incredibly tough. And do you, when you're so each squad would would a squad grow? So you've got one squad in place, but actually that that team you have your core team, and then would that squad get bigger, or is it that you it's individual squads being launched each time? Yeah, I think I think some squads will start off pretty small. I think we've got a new growth pillar at Clio focused on um, driving organic growth for the the app. So we've got at the moment it's just a our VP of growth working on it. Um, maybe a growth lead and a couple of engineers so very very um kind of thin on the ground but they're kind of working in a really scrappy way but as we kind of are hiring as much as well as quickly as we can and we're trying to fill some of those gaps like hiring for a designer right now an engineer or two so um yeah we'll start quite small and scrappy and lean and then try and beef up the squad as we go as the squad gets too big then we'll split it into two new squads potentially um depending on what they're working on um but yeah that's kind of typically how we we try and build those squads and then as a talent team, do you split your own team according to each squad? Is it like almost that pipeline approach? Like I'm focused on squad X, Jane's focused on squad Y, or or is it sort of everyone gets so it's, Yeah, even, even more kind of complex. So each recruit is working on a separate discipline. So we have like yeah. Jamie working on product, maybe me helping out on design. We have our tech recruits working on engineering. So kind of trying to orchestrate everyone together and coordinate everyone again you've got to I think as soon as the product manager lands and maybe the designer then the engineering hiring becomes really high priority just to get those engineers on board as soon as possible because there's no point having amazing designers working on stuff with no engineers to like build it and and vice versa so yeah it can be quite tough I'm not gonna lie like the conductor yeah almost <laughs> yeah conductor who's orchestrating all of the the talent team who are then yeah trying to <laughs> okay awesome. this um yeah no easy feat Annie no easy feat <laughs> okay. um cool so people are obviously seeking a bit more transparency from companies I think now more than ever um especially around sort of company culture comp and benefits and something I want to touch on um at Clio you now have uh salary transparency for almost all of your your roles is that right yeah I think pretty much I'd probably say 95% of our roles we have fully transparent salary bands on the job specs and we've got like a really cool tool called progression that we use with all of our career frameworks for each discipline Um, some roles that are kind of one-off hires sometimes we might not have the best like benchmarking salary data so we maybe yeah. won't publish it publicly but we try and be as transparent as possible Um, that was really led from our like our employees directly I think they kind of asked for it I think they really wanted to see more transparency particularly in roles and like engineering where you have a really big team and lots of people working within the same 
um, discipline. So um, they launched the leveling and the bandings simultaneously. Personally, I was quite nervous about doing that and being so public about salary bandings. I just assumed that every candidate would ask for top of banding and it would lead to like really difficult conversations when yeah. maybe we weren't offering that. Um, and it's actually been the opposite. I think candidates really value that we're we're being so open about salary bandings and I think yeah. it just makes our, our kind of culture really shine and I think um you know when you're when you're discussing salary with candidates as long as you can be clear as to why you've gone for middle or lower banding yeah. um they they really appreciate it and, and normally it's because we're trying to be fair to the internal team and you know once you say that I think they kind of get it and they're they're kind of completely fine with it. So um yeah I think one learning we've had along the way I think maybe sort of mid last year we were probably a bit too slow to re-benchmark our salaries so we were probably quite a lot lower than what the market was paying in some kind of key areas like talent and engineering I would say so mm. I think um, that's probably one thing I we've taken away and now we're doing really regular at least annual benchmarking um, mm. just to keep keep up with the market because it, it can just move so quickly and especially in London as well in particular. Yeah that's super interesting and yeah last year was insane wasn't it in terms of <laughs> changes but um no I think like I was gonna say what was the driving force behind it but being your employees like it's brilliant to have like such a significant and public external change that has been driven by the employee voice um mm. like in the in the interview process I'm sure people do value that because it's showing that you know you listen to your people um you don't just listen and send a survey and <laughs> forget about <laughs> That you're actually acting off of the back of the 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 sort of feedback that you're getting um so yeah I think that's that's awesome nice nice stuff yeah. <laughs> awesome and um Clio's consumer I, I said earlier Clio's consumer and employer brand um is one that's always stood out to me and I think you know not only are you you harnessing tech to make the world a better place but you've also got sort of core pillars for life at Clio that that make it just look like an awesome place to work um, with those four pillars, like how do you bake that into your hiring process and like bring that to life um, through the candidate experience? Yeah, I, I think for us, it's we're actually doing a bit of a kind of EVP, like employee value, employer value proposition. That's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just trying to refresh that at the moment. I think um, it's so so important to speak with specific teams and really listen to them about why they decided to join Clio and why they're still here and then then really feeding that into um, not just what's in our job specs and on our careers page but also the way that the talent teams speak about Clio um, and hire for those specific teams as well so I think mm. we're spending a lot of time at the moment with engineering specifically really understanding you know why people are here what they enjoy about working here and then feeding that in um, it does sound so simple but I think it's so important especially for some of our newer talent team who joined um, in the last six months I think getting um, time in early on with the, the sort of senior engineers who have been here for a long time is it's just really really integral and and yeah. just so beneficial to, to help with that pitch when you're speaking to candidates mm. and here because we did a similar exercise at seed I think it was last year um which was super super interesting but I, I always I found hearing how other people spoke about seed and what they liked and why they joined helped to sort of remove some of the jargon that maybe we would mm. dress up with from a marketing perspective and especially when you're having like those live conversations with potential candidates 
being able to say it how people other people say it I think is really important um and it's sort of there, there are things that click like I heard some of our people enablement layers saying things about why they joined and and yeah what they enjoy at Seed and I it really clicked for me I was like oh mm. okay <laughs> that sounds lovely like hearing that real human side of it um allows you to yeah cut out the jargon that sometimes I think marketing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, sometimes it's things that you just take for granted I think you know one of the big ones that came out was that you can bring your full self to work at Clio and people love that and I think yeah people just I think I was just I'd never really thought of it that way but it is so true that you can just really be yourself at, at, at Clio and um people just really enjoy you know spending time with their colleagues because they are just so down to earth and and um relaxed as well yeah. awesome and and for you what what would be a bit of advice um for someone sort of moving into a head of talent role at a startup or scale up as you have like especially with the current economic climate in mind um can be a really tough time and um quite daunting as well so I'd love to hear if there's anything that you sort of would would love to impart or share with your previous self even <laughs> I think I was really lucky that I think early on in my career, I really tried to make an effort to connect with as many people in talent as possible that I could like people that were more senior than me um, going to sort of DBR socials in London and, and sort of really connecting with people. And I think that's really helped me a lot along the way. So whenever I come across something that I am finding really difficult or I don't really understand, like from an employer law perspective or just more generally, I've got a, a bunch of people that I can go to just to ask and, and trying to get involved in as many communities as possible. There's loads of kind of WhatsApp groups that you can join and um, yeah, DBR is a really great resource as well, just to kind of, um, you know, sound out ideas of people and, and get to know kind of other TA people that are probably facing the exact same challenges that you are as well. Um, yeah. I think I say particularly now if you're kind of looking to change roles just be really really cautious really grill those teams on you know how the company's doing performance mm. the ha how they're doing on fundraising I think you know we're seeing so many companies now making layoffs and going on hiring freezes and that you know as a recruiter you don't want to be working for a company that's on a hiring freeze it's really boring so um yeah I think just being obviously I think people are aware but just be super cautious um try and speak to employees that work there maybe that you haven't met in the interview process and, and sort of don't be afraid to reach out to people on LinkedIn and, and get their opinion directly on what it's like to work there as well I think I was quite unlucky after I joined car after I left Carwell sorry I joined another startup um and that was just sort of May 2020 so a really bad time to be joining a new company and as I landed there they went on a full hiring freeze so um, I could see the writing was on the wall and knew I had to kind of find something new because I think they were probably going to make me redundant so luckily yeah. found Clio and it all worked out in the end but yeah I think I've definitely learned just to be super cautious really grill the team that you're going to join on their company performance and how they're doing um, and yeah. how like their hiring plans as well um, for sure yeah and even like thought process behind those hiring plans to understand mm. like where, you know it, it is is there that kind of deep understanding of why a workforce plan would be that way and like have they thought through potentially runway and how they're scaling that team um I think as you said you know we actually think the talent community is incredible and and we've got sort of there there's always somebody to lean on or speak to mm. or a mentor or an advisor and and people are really open to it as well um probably because we're all people people 
just so friendly and outgoing yeah mostly yeah definitely yeah and um but yeah I think we're really lucky because there are these fantastic communities that you can you can lean on and even when you are looking to transition I feel like the startup scale-up world it's I mean it's massive obviously but it's actually quite small and yeah you find in conversation that often you've got a link somewhere so if you are looking to move into into a new role at a new place somebody around you has probably heard of seen it (laughs) experienced spoken to candidates from (laughs) from that company um so yeah I think like and especially now like knowing that you can lean on those around you and your community and peers um that's a brilliant bit of advice so thank you and um for you any pitfalls or mistakes that you've seen made um that you'd really tell sort of fellow talent or people leaders out there to avoid like is there anything that you even if it's sort of a bit of advice that you've gone no don't follow that (laughs) Um, anything out there yeah I think um I think one thing I've learned more recently often when I'm trying to change and implement a change in a hiring process sometimes I'll just treat it as I'll try and get it done as quickly as possible with not very much thought um, into it um, but working with I've, I've not had much experience working with engineers before but now in my new role as head of talent I'm having to kind of step into that world a bit more um, mm. and their approach to work is like very thorough they really go into the detail like there's probably more of a generalization which is not very fair but um, I think they've really taught me to take a step back and don't necessarily rush big kind of um, process changes because I think um, it's so important to get right hiring processes particularly for those roles that you're always hiring for those evergreen roles so um yeah don't don't feel like you have to rush and get those things done as quickly as possible it's probably better to take a step back do it really thoughtfully spend time with the hiring managers and and really plan it properly and then implement those changes and roll them out um in a really thorough way rather than just move fast and breaking it just just (laughs) take it slow and, and be thoughtful about it and for you, if you could like wave a magic wand um, and fix something uh, when it comes to sort of building and leading teams, what would that be? Ooh. I wish magically I could get rid of all of our biases. <laughs> that would be incredible. Um, I think it's so easy for people to naturally want to hire someone that just because they've worked for an amazing company like Meta or Deliveroo and, um, you know, you've so I've seen people kind of be hired with incredible backgrounds and really not work out um, in, in quite senior roles. And that has such a detrimental effect that can have a really negative impact on a business. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's probably the one for me, that kind of confirmation bias. If, you could, if I could just get rid of that and just have people be a bit more open minded when it comes to the, assessing someone's background, just because someone's worked at a really awesome uh, kind of VC backed business that's similar to you or kind of where you want to be doesn't necessarily mean they're going to work out for the business. So, um, yeah, that's one, a big one for me that I'd love to fix magically. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. And um, just a couple of lighthearted questions to like bring our chat to a close. Um, is there anything that you're super, super passionate about? Doesn't have to be, um, you know, professional related, can be, but uh, could be professional, personal, anything that you just find unapologetic amounts of joy in? This is awful, but reality TV. <laughs> I think my job's so like I, I find it quite tiring you know speaking to people all day as a recruiter especially now leading a team as well I've not got that much management experience so it can be a bit like overwhelming at times so at the end of the day the last thing I want to do is like 
be overwhelmed and have to think and use my brain so just shutting off watching Love Island, Made in Chelsea, Keeping Up with the Kardashians I'm just yeah like really helps me relax and unwind and just switch off I know a lot of people hate it but for me guilty pleasure definitely I, I love it. <laughs> Ali, just one final question to bring us to a close. Like, is there a thought or a value or a phrase that you tend to live by or, or share with your teams? Yeah, I think this is probably a bit cringy, but I think um, just be kind. Like, I think I had some pretty tough um, experiences early on in my career, like in tech, and it almost really put me off. I think there were quite a few quite nasty senior people that were not great. And it kind of gave me a really bad impression of the industry and, and made me think that to excel in tech, you had to be a, a bit of a, an arsehole, to be honest. So um, it did. Um, yeah, I think that for me was a bit of a, a learning that you don't have to be like that to do well I think kind of coming yeah. to Clio I've definitely seen some amazing really inspirational leaders that have like been really kind and warm and not had to be horrible to get results so um yeah that for me I think I, I try and be nice to people whether it's a candidate a hiring manager someone that maybe is very different to me and I'm struggling to work with just just be kind to them kill them with kindness like it can't go wrong yeah, I love that. I think that's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I think there there can be there are some some tough experiences out there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we've all we've all probably met those sort of um, yeah uh, tough characters in the start. Mm. <laughs> yeah, put you off, but it's what I love is I feel like there is this real sort of culture and message of kindness at the moment, um, mm. and especially everything that's going on, like it doesn't feel as cutthroat like it feels like there's this real importance on on kindness and sort of that don't be a dick mentality yeah just supporting (laughs) each other because you never know what might happen to you in the future like if you can help someone out they might help you out further down the line so yeah absolutely I love that well thank you so so much Annie it's been such a pleasure speaking with you and learning more about about your journey and um some of your big learnings along the way I found it really really insightful and and definitely lots of shared shared learnings yeah, <laughs> definitely spooky thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast thank you very much for having me